Welcome to The Exhibitionists, a podcast on the weird and wonderful world of international trade shows. My name's Anthony Reeve Crook. I'm a journalist and editor for the industry and have been writing about it for the past 10 years. And I'm Stephanie Selesnick, president of International Trade Information out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and a former trade show organizer. And now I help internationalize U.S. trade shows. This podcast, we're going to be discussing new shows in different spaces. Anthony, what, what have you seen? Or what have you thought about in terms of this topic? Well, so the thing, uh, one of my favorite stories, ages back now, when I, when I started writing about the industry almost, um, I remember speaking to the guys who, it's a US, US-based association, and it's, it's very rare to see these associations leave the US. But this, this particular one didn't, it just there was some success. It was the National Funeral Directors Association. Oh, my God. Most color, colorful, colorful subject matter. So I have to say it. On. I have to say it. Everybody's dying to get in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody, but I had to. It. So go oh, on. And, and, go on. And, and, and the perfect, that's the perfect tag, tagline for the picture that reminds me of this story was of this little old Chinese lady in Hong Kong. And she was climbing into a Formula One a bright red Formula One coffin, like as trashy as you could possibly imagine. But the the interesting thing is, death is is a very is is a is a very taboo culture. Was a very taboo culture in in the far in the East in 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 China. So for the um, American Association to find a partner and then take this over to the uh, to, to Hong Kong, which admittedly is a more cosmopolitan face of China at the time. And and to and to make this thing work, and it was it was very successful. Um, it's a great example of taking an industry, I mean, as old as life itself, you know, it's death, um, to take that and to turn it into something that they could capitalize on, monetize, and also to to address, you know, um, uh, 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 what's, the, what's the term, principles and, and ethics, you know, that sort of Absolutely. thing, morality almost. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it there's something else interesting about that particular show. They launched it originally in Macau, and it was held in um, the casinos. It was over, I think, at the Venetian in Macau, and um, they had wow. to actually boot the show out because the whales, the big gamblers, felt that they were bringing really bad luck into the building by having a funeral show. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, but true. A big loss could probably increase the turnout. Oh, <laughs> a big loss oh my God, these the puns just keep going. Well, it's just a very good example of a company taking a, a sort of previously taboo subject and, yeah. and, make, and making a show out of it. So actually, um, and, and in doing so, actually hope, helping to challenge perceptions and, and open up a, a new market effectively. I mean, with the, And open it, up, I think also open up a discourse, right? You know? Yeah, keep it, yeah. Not just keep the conversation going, but, but start, start it afresh. You're right. I went to a show recently, and it was called, um, here in Las Vegas, called the MJ BizCon. Uh, stands for Marijuana Business Convention. It's a trade-only exhibition and conference, huge conference portion, um, for the trade on the cannabis industry. Wow. So this, this is nothing like the sort of High Times Cannabis Cup no, festival no. consumer show, you know, lots of big bongs and, yeah. and that sort of thing. You know, no, it, this was, is nothing like that. it was interesting. You, you had things like, um, you know, CCTV, uh, cash control, um, how to grow, how to package, how to market, point of sale purchase things and um, greenhouses. So it was everything soup to nuts about the industry. There were a lot of um, very expensive tennis shoes and jeans, as well as some very, very, very nice suits. 
People were pretty much dressed professionally throughout. I, there were a few tie-dyes here and there, but they were far and few between. It was really a business-to-business event. And this is an industry, uh, fascinatingly, yeah, you talk about the tennis shoes and designer jeans, but this is a, an industry that's grown out of a, of a, of a gray, gray market. Yeah, I, think, gray I think it was more of a black market, at least here in the U.S., because it was very, everything was illegal having to do with cannabis. And now, you know, the, many, many states have it as medical, as legal. And then more and more across the country are coming in with, um, are, are regulating it, you know, for recreation. And Canada, in fact, just went legal completely across the board. So we are seeing a certain legitimacy coming into the market. And isn't, uh, I mean, am I, is it the same show I'm thinking of that's launching in Toronto next year? Yes, it is. It... Yes, it is. They are, they have a show in Toronto and um, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll grow, grow well as well. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Well, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we'll let all of these through. These are, today, none of these are getting edited out. The puns just um, keep coming. Can't help it. So, so who did you speak to? Who, um, who at the uh, show can give us a steer on perhaps the challenges of taking this out into, the, into, into legitimate international waters? Well, you know, they, they didn't really talk about that so much because it's, it's, that's legislation. But it is, they did talk about, well, I spoke with three people, first of all. I spoke with uh, Chris Day, who's in charge of marketing. Uh, Chris Rush, who's in charge of all the content and runs the, the publication side. And then Cassandra Farrington, who runs the whole thing. Um, you did an interview with Cassandra not that long ago, right, Anthony? I did, yeah, I, I did. I only spoke to Cassandra. She's a former Citigroup projects manager, very, very uh, bright spark. And she, uh, she saw the, the tide turning a, a long while back. And I think she's now looking to, put, last time I spoke to her, she was looking to put the show on in, in Europe. Uh, looking for a good home there, if anyone's uh, if anyone's keen to break into what you called uh, the Emerald Gold Rush. Yeah, it's the Emerald Gold Rush. That's what that's Emerald what it's called, people. Yeah. If you hear that term, yeah. that's what they're referring to. So, I, the other thing that I thought was particularly interesting is, you know, besides taking a formerly you know black market kind of um, industry or, or gray market, as she prefers to call it, uh, into you know the the here and now and and eleven hundred exhibitors and over twenty five thousand qualified trade attendees because there's a lot of challenges with it um but but something to a bigger point i think which a lot of new shows and perhaps media companies have a problem with is how do you separate the the marketing from the content how do you separate the sales from the content and keep everybody running together and running smoothly right okay how do you mean as in like yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't mean sales of products, you mean... I mean, like, sales of advertising, sales of booth space, sales of sponsorships, because you get companies who want to do pay-to-play. And for those organizers out there that are doing pay-to-play, just stop. Please just stop. You're not fooling anybody. If you're not giving real content, nobody's going to be fooled, and it dilutes your brand. It, it just does. Um, if you disagree with me, that's fine, but I'm just going to put my two cents in with, with, with that. You know, if you, oh, call an ad an ad. Right. Well, this is it. And, and this is one of the questions I guess I was going to ask you about it is whether um, the advertising has followed the show because it's an emerging show from, a, from as you say, a gray or black market. Uh, is, is there, has, did, when you were walking around the show, did you see advertising from perhaps sources that you didn't expect to see from or people supporting Cassandra's campaign? 
from Big Pharma, for example. I mean, was that, that the advertising up there already? Was it on the holdings or is this something we expect to see in the future? Well, I think, I think that we're going to see it in the future. I think that they are making the rounds. I think they maybe have new divisions so that they don't get in trouble, um, especially if they're, you know, on the stock markets. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where the money is, but we do know a lot of money is pouring into the industry. Um, I had an interesting conversation, though, with Chris Day about the marketing that I think we should play now. And he does make a point of, of something that I think is particularly brilliant. Um, they have one salesperson selling everything across the board. And by everything, <laughs> I mean everything. Because, you know, some companies may not have enough of a bandwidth to be able to produce something for, say, a Walmart-sized you know, order or a huge order. They can only do small boutique orders. So maybe a digital ad in the publication is a better idea than having a booth in the show. And in terms of you know, helping people grow their businesses and really taking that consultative approach in a whole meaningful way, I think is very interesting. So um, here's the interview with Chris. All right. So I'm sitting here with uh, Chris Day from MJ BizCon. Yeah. Uh, it is a marijuana business, huge trade show held here yep. in Las Vegas on an annual basis. And um, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, well, I'm the senior marketing director for the show. So both for MJ BizCon and Marijuana Business Daily, which is the news organization that oversees the event. Um, so I have my hands in a little bit of everything from creating the partnerships with a lot of our um, industry giveback partners, which is our charitable program, to you know designing out the space we're sitting in, which is Podcast Row, and um, all the branding and signage and consistency and all that kind of thing. So on a day-to-day basis, right now, this time of year, that's all I do. Right. Yeah. Right. So for those of you that don't know, the, um, the show came out of an actual trade publication. Yeah. Marijuana Business Daily is a news organization that covers the legal cannabis markets right. and globally. Globally, which is pretty cool. Yes, yeah. we, you know, Canada just became legal. Yes, on they an did. A, they did us all a favor. They sort did. of showed, hopefully, what we can do. There's certainly some other countries that have done the same, but Canada really took the lead as the first G7 country to uh, to legalize marijuana at the federal level, which is wonderful. Yep. So um, we we were talking not that long ago. And I was really interested in how you managed to keep the content and the publication stuff separated out from sales and marketing in terms of really trying to stay true to your news roots, but also be commercial and make money. Yep. So how do you, how do you kind of do that? How, how do you define that? I think it's interesting for other people that are going through the same, the same challenges. Yeah, you know, there's, we were talking before um, we really uh, started recording this about the competition uh, in the marijuana space in particular. Um, And I think one of the key differentiators for MJ BizCon is the fact that we do this. There's, there's, you know, over a hundred years of propaganda that affects people's attitudes about the space, good, bad, or indifferent. It's just true. And so you have to come at it from a very... Um, clear credibility standpoint. Absolutely. And so our most of our editorial team and the programming team all come from traditional news backgrounds. That's where they were before they came here. And um, I come out of ad agencies. 
<laughs> so it's really, yeah. really different. Uh, very different, but we're very clear on who does what. And so I'll, when I work with a partner or a sponsor, it's easy for me to say, hey, look, here's what I can do, but there's no pay to play here. I'm not guaranteeing you any kind of seat. And actually, if you name drop me to the editorial team, it probably is going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. You know, so. I, I, I love that because I, I personally hate the pay-to-play model. I, I hate it for speaking. I hate it for, ad, you know, advertising is great, but I'm just not a fan. And yeah. I get into trouble sometimes with my publisher friends because I really dislike it. But I feel like it's bait and switch. If you have something to say, say it. If you want to share knowledge as a supplier, there are places to do that properly and show that you're a thought leader and educate people so they want to do business with you instead of proclaiming we're the best yeah. and this is why at every opportunity. Well, you know, something that's cool that comes out of that is once people get over the notion of what do you mean I can't just have a spot on stage, right? Creativity comes out because Isn't that fun? you want to, yeah, you still want to have an impact and you still want to be present at the show and you still want to educate people. Well, Okay, let's do that, but let's do it in a way that engages folks, whether it's on the show floor or, you know, walking through Podcast Row and how you engage people directly there instead of just doing the same old boring thing, right? And so that's where I come in on the marketing side, right? It's like, let's create experiential stuff that educates people, that gets them out there. And if, if all you can do as a one-trick pony is get up and give your same 10-minute speech... Like, I'm not doing you any favors by putting you up on that stage anyway. You're not doing anybody any favors, no. and in fact, you're wasting time. No. And also, you're, you're losing the credibility of your own brand, yep. right? As, as the show brand and as the publication brand. And as a former ad agency, recovering ad agency guy. <laughs> I um, love that. Wait, wait, let's yeah. say that again. Recovering ad agency yes, guy. Oh, I'm in much. love with that. I, yeah, me too. The <laughs> fact that I'm not there anymore is great. Um, but, you know, I am keeper of the brand. And my team defends the brand endlessly. And it's really important to us that the credibility of our programming stays true to form. Because the people that come here for the programming come here to be educated and learn, not to be sold. And they pay. Yes, they do. And they pay. They pay extra for that. And when they hit the expo expo floor, they know what that's all about right. and so we keep those two things separate and people know when they're transitioning in and out of those so that was chris day senior marketing director for mj bizcon um as as you know he pointed out uh, you know the content is super duper important and i think that something else that we we as trade shows fail to do is really use content to our advantage all year round. You know, trade shows are an awesome place to be able to get content, get stuff on video, do interviews with people on the fly, have a podcast area like MJ Biz did, um, as Biz, MJ BizCon did. I think it's super important to try to garner as much content as you can at, at the show, during the show, and move it forward. The other thing that they do is because they are on the editorial side is they really work hard to get the content. And, 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 this, is, and this is something that's particularly important, I guess, with, a, with an emerging industry like this as well. And it is an emerging industry because it doesn't exist in, all of the, in most of the rest of the world, not in, on, in the legitimate guys that it does in the U.S. 
but um, well, in parts of the US, it's not federally right. um, uh, legal. But but I guess one of the things, if I remember when I when I spoke to Cassandra, she said that it was initially set up to be basically a website that gave people advice on how to stay within regulations, stay within legality, and it was supposed to be free. She, I don't think she ever expected it to get to the scale that it is now. No, no, no. It was uh, it, she, they never did, and they're super happy about it. But they're very protective of the brand. And there is no product on the show floor, people. There is none of that happening on the show floor. Just... But there is content, like you say. So, so you're saying the content was always at the at the at the, at the fore. The forefront of the whole thing that's driven the entire the entire show and its growth. And this is also good for entrepreneurs or people trying to reposition their shows in the market. Well, perhaps it's time to hear from the. Uh... The doyen of the uh, cannabis distribution industry herself, Cassandra Farrington, president and CEO of MJ BizCon. So I'm here with uh, Cassandra Farrington, the president and CEO of MJ BizCon and Marijuana Business Daily. We're the day before the show. We're watching all these people come in in Podcasters Row, uh, which is a very cool place to get people out of your press room that want to do interviews and are noisy like me. <laughs> so um let's talk about the show a little bit in the growth um this show when i first heard about it was over at the rio another uh hotel in las vegas not on the strip with a big uh, conference portion and a small show floor and now how big are you so this year we are going to have over twenty-five thousand delegates at this event, um, and we have a thousand and twenty-eight exhibiting companies filling the central halls at the oh. Las Vegas Convention Center. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah, we. Um, so the first year at the Rio, we were at about one hundred and forty-six exhibitors, uh, and about thirty-three hundred attendees. And so just since two thousand fourteen, which is when that show first moved in over there, till today, so four years later. Um, Who wants that kind of growth? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, everybody. But that's, it, you know what, though? But that kind of growth is hard to manage. It's been very, very difficult to manage. Uh, it's And it goes far beyond just um, managing the growth of a show through that period of time. Because as a business media company, the, we are, as MJ Biz Daily, we are the business pages for the cannabis industry. And there is this cycle that we go through where the information that we provide and the, the networking that we provide here, it's like everything that people love about trade shows and why we as an industry really have passion about what we do and about our industries that we support because we really have helped this entire industry grow that quickly. It's not just MJ BizCon. MJ BizCon has helped support the industry growth to that level, but it's also then had to absorb that industry growth at the same time. Right, and, and as you know, going from a hotel, you know, convex, convention and, and conference and all those things into a major convention center, a major global convention center, is big. It, it was an adjustment. Yeah, last year was our first year here at the LVCC and we uh, we were over in the North Halls and this year, yeah, we've moved to the Central. Next year, we're actually moving dates a little bit so that we can get both of them because we do expect that growth to continue. And you know, we're grateful to the Las Vegas Convention Center for their partnership and um, are excited to have this show have a great home here for many years to come. Right. And you guys have done, you know, it's it, a lot of the public wants to come to a show like this, but you don't let them in. It's trade only. 
Indeed, it is uh, fully business to business, professionals only, and um, we still have a fairly high registration gate price for everybody who walks in the door. And we do that very mindfully because if you, it keep, the people who are here, you know that they are invested in being here at at least a certain dollar amount. They're, it's not the friends and family show. This is not, you know, come check out the latest cannabis gadgets. This is the place to do deals, to drive business forward, to find partners, to find vendors. And because we keep it business only, those conversations stay focused at that, at that deal-making level. Yeah, and, and it's got to be a little hard. You know, you've got the publication on one side in the show, which has been growing astronomically on an annual basis. Um, and, and keeping, you know, keeping that mindful as long as, and as well as bringing new people in on the team to manage the growth has got to be a bit of a challenge. It has been, you know, we've, uh, in the last year since we had this show here last year, my team was just under 30 people. We're going to be at 60 by the end of 2018 calendar year. So we will have doubled staff really in a 12 month period. And, uh, that has been certainly, a an interesting thing to navigate, not just in the recruiting front, but in the culture front and making sure we're bringing in those right people um, and getting them up to speed as quickly as possible, both on the industry and on the business itself, right? the trade show industry and the media side of things and, and how we are serving this industry through those vehicles. It's got to be a little bit, a little bit of a challenge. A little bit. A little bit, but also a lot of fun, I would think. Tons of fun. It has. It is, honestly, it's been the thrill of my career to be in the place where I am, helping the cannabis industry grow, come together, coalesce. Um, it, it, there are so few opportunities like this in, in history, and I am absolutely thrilled to have been had this opportunity. I remember years ago we, um, we started a show uh, in conjunction with Diversified, and it was called Expo Comida Latina. It doesn't exist anymore. They bought us out after the first year, but I remember after the first year, um, on show site sales, we doubled the amount of space that we had had for the first show, and that was just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, and when a show grows this quickly, it, it is mind blowing, and it's very exciting. And your team gets super jazzed and motivated by it. And you know, you kind of still have to figure out how to make the walls move when that happens, <laughs> right? So you don't want to say no, especially myself as an entrepreneur, and Stephanie, I know that you have done a lot of entrepreneurial type things as well. It's uh, You never want to say no when somebody's standing there wanting to say, I want to take part, and here's money. But then it's also really hard because you want to make sure that all the exhibitors that you've got coming in are legit. Absolutely. Um, and no gray market, no, in, no funny business. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, you know, I, I do make a joke that, uh, kind of a joke, that the um, one of the things I love about this industry is that it is a the, the people here, the people who comprise the cannabis industry, uh, have built this industry on based on a healthy disregard for authority and regulation and to some degree law. Uh, and it, you know, <laughs> Which while that's true, it's totally true. And they have made amazing things happen for cannabis legalization and normalization across the United States and globally because of that approach. It does sometimes go a little farther than you'd want it to, and you know, so we, we do have to be mindful of that to some degree. Especially um, when you've got people who think that rules are for other people. Rules are for other people, <laughs> and, and I know that that is that's always a, a challenge in the trade show world. And you know, I I do just 
we keep in mind that the customers are really what make this happen and we remain calm and kind and forthright but make sure that we maintain the brand that this show has become and that MJ Biz Daily has become and keep that very front of mind and if somebody's not willing to support that and honor what we're creating and how it's helping the industry then they just don't belong at the show. Absolutely. So if you if you have like one piece of uh, advice for other entrepreneurs that are in growing industries, pun intended, people, <laughs> pun intended. Um, no, but uh, if there's one one bit of advice, you know, because there are people who are passionate, who are entrepreneurs, who have started um, their own blogs that led to more of a media publication because they had so much interest and they had people who wanted to advertise, so they started taking money. And the next thing they know, they're they are, they have a media brand right. instead of just a blog. And then they say, well, people say, well, do an event, do this, do that, and and. Large companies are really bad at this, and they know it. That's why that's why they buy entrepreneurs. That's why they buy entrepreneurs. And fail half the time, because then they get rid of everybody that had something to do with the show. Unfortunately, but it's true, folks. We all know it. Um, what would you say in terms of, you know, kind of trying to manage the growth and keeping your, your expectations realistic? Uh, to me... I think one of the things that has made MJ Biz Daily and this show so successful is that myself and everybody on our team considers us very much part of the cannabis industry. We are, so yes, half of my brain is as a media and events executive, but the other half of my brain is full on a cannabis industry executive. And I recognize that the work that I do each and every day is helping this industry come together, grow effectively, make those connections that create that deal flow that create this event and focusing on that and making sure that the work that we're doing is very authentic and supportive of the overall needs of the industry, then it gets into that cycle like I mentioned earlier, right? We are helping this industry grow, which comes back into our event, which means that we're now going to launch again after MJ BizCon. So many deals are going to get done here this week. Um, just the amount of money and investors and partnerships and creativity of business models that is going to happen over the next week in this space blows my mind. And that's just going to fuel this whole industry into next year. And you know what, folks? That's the bottom line. That's why trade shows exist. It is. That's truly, you know, you're hearing it right here. And and for those shows, I think that, that need to do a turnaround and, and stuff, I think first you need to look at your team. I think looking at your team is a really good way because the industry is what it is. How can you get back to serving the industry and not serving your bottom line? That's uh, that's exactly it. Um, and I do keep the, the team is very invested in that concept right there. Um, we all we all are very invested in this industry. All right. Well, I know you've got a show to run and a show to open. So thank you, Cassandra. We're super excited that um, you and your team have let us into the show and and can't wait to see it. Super. I'm so glad to have you. Thanks. It's really about serving the market and growing up together, you know, and paying attention mm. to it. And how can we help the people that are already in the business and the new people coming in grow their businesses and be successful and grow this entire sector in a way that makes sense? So, and so the way in, in which this has done that, you think, is a, is a, good, is a, is a good example to follow for, for organizers of emerging industries all around the world is to, to watch the watch the blueprint that MJ Biz and Cassandra's team have um have got have followed. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, if you're looking to reposition your show if your or if your show has gotten stale, go back. 
go back and, and start with the editorial and look at your offerings and see what you can do. What is new? What is exciting? What are maybe if you've got a lot of newbies in the business, how can you help them be better at business to stay in business? You know, these are all important things that aren't just about entrepreneurial and new shows breaking the mold and, and new shows in different spaces. I think it's something that we can take across all of our shows. That brings us to the end of this particular podcast on uh, new shows in different spaces. I hope we piqued your interest and you learned something new. We'd like to thank our guests this podcast with uh, Chris Day and Cassandra Farrington from the MJ BizCon family. And um, that's it for me, Stephanie Selesnick. You can reach me at stephanie at intltradeinfo.com or through my website, www.internationaltradeinformation.com. And you can reach me on anthony at archimedia.com. If you just type in Anthony Reeve Crook in archimedia.com, you'll, you'll, you'll find it somewhere there. And, of course, please don't forget to leave a review and, even more importantly, share it with everybody you know who might find some value in what we've been talking about. Bye. <laughs>